This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, August 29th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. New data from Texas indicates that the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency doesn't do a very good job making sure the people they're detaining aren't U.S. citizens. David Beer, immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute, took a deep dive into some data from Travis County, Texas. That report, U.S. Citizens Targeted by ICE, is available today. The Trump administration has adopted a variety of policies intended to pressure sanctuary cities, uh, which is what the administration calls them. And some uh, cities and mayors have adopted that title proudly, um, including San Francisco and Chicago and New York and other major metropolitan areas have said, look, what we're what we're doing um, when it comes to local policing is focusing on violent crimes, property crimes, we do not want to um, aid and abet the Trump administration's effort to remove uh, nonviolent, uh, law-abiding, um, unauthorized immigrants um, in our cities. And so what they've done is attempted to pressure them by taking away funds uh, intended for policing and um, routine law enforcement activities that the federal government grants them. So that's really the main effort that they've uh, attempted to use to bludgeon these places into cooperation. So how different is it now as compared with the Obama administration substantially with regard to using federal agents to uh, detain people and you know, using local local uh, jails to hold people before being handed over to the feds? Well, it's really no different at all than in the 2009 to 2014 period when the Department of Homeland Security was controlled by Janet Napolitano, who was um, probably the worst uh, Department of Homeland Security um, secretary in terms of immigration enforcement. Um, She uh, really produced an unprecedented level of deportations and uh, enforcement against people who are, you know, committing no other offense other than being in the country unlawfully. And that included um, issuing uh, millions of detainers for Um, People in state and local custody, this is uh, someone who, you know, you get stopped by local police uh, for some uh, supposed offense under local or state law, and uh, the the your prints get run by the federal government and they check immigration databases and uh, run it by immigration enforcement and then they issue what's called a detainer requesting that the state and local police detain you um, until they can send their agents to come get you. One of the concerns that seems to be brushed aside by a lot of people who defend these uh, very harsh uh, tactics dealing with people who are in the United States illegally is that look, you know, this affects them. It doesn't affect me. What do we know about ICE detaining U.S. citizens? Well, ICE itself, uh, for many years, denied that this ever happens. Um, when cases did come to light, they would say that's a one-off instance. That's not something that happens very often. Uh, then some lawsuits were filed. 
And uh, those really produced some interesting results that caught my attention. So, for example, there was a woman in Rhode Island um, named Ada Morales, and she was actually subject to multiple detainers. She was a U.S. citizen, naturalized U.S. citizen, who was targeted by ICE on multiple occasions, um, both times wrongfully. And uh, she filed a lawsuit. And uh, as a result of that lawsuit, um, there was some testimony from ICE agents who basically admitted that they regularly are issuing detainers that they then have to rescind or cancel because they realized that they were issued for, for example, U.S. citizens or legal permanent residents of the United States who have not committed or have been convicted of a crime that would make them removable from the United States. And so uh, I started to look at what data was available from the federal government. And it turns out ICE does a very poor job of tracking its own mistakes. Uh, That may not come as a great surprise to our listeners that the federal government doesn't uh, record its own errors that well. And so what I did was try to look for a municipality or jurisdiction that would have this information at the local level recorded. And uh, I came across data from Travis County, Texas, uh, which uh, encompasses Austin and its surrounding uh, area. Um, It's one of the largest jurisdictions in terms of the number of detainer requests that uh, are sent to it by um, ICE. And what its data shows at the local level, that about 1% of all cases are uh, of detainers issued were for people who claimed U.S. citizenship, presented a social security number to the local uh, uh, authorities, and then ICE, after it issued that detainer for that person, subsequently canceled Uh, that detainer or failed to execute it by coming and picking them up, Um, both of which would amount to an admission that this person was, in fact, a U.S. citizen. And uh, they, you know, they are not admitting to making a mistake at this high of a rate. I mean, you you think 99% of the time you're issuing it for people who, you know, you should be issuing it for. So a 1% rate may seem good, but if it's applied throughout the entire state of Texas, uh, that's 3,500 U.S. citizens who've been targeted since 2006 with one of these detainers. And if it was applied nationally, you're talking about 20,000 over that period from 2006 to 2017 who've been targeted. And many of these U.S. citizens may not even know that they were targeted and subject to these Uh, detainer requests because there was not a requirement in place that they be notified uh, directly that they were subject to a detainer uh, until very recently. You note here, uh, and I'll read a a segment from your uh, piece here, in 2008, the agency issued a detainer for Mark Little, or Mark Lytle, who was born and raised in North Carolina and who suffers from a mental disability. ICE detained him for more for two months before deporting him to Mexico. When he attempted to re-enter, he was deported again. He lived homeless for months, eating from garbage and even being deported to, by Mexico to Guatemala. 
He later proved his U.S. citizenship and won a $175,000 court settlement. So what recourse do other people have? I assume those who people who are detained are not, are uh, probably of lower income or of pe- people who can't afford to uh, hire a pricey attorney to avoid these kinds of uh, detentions. What recourse do they have? Well, most of the time they don't have any recourse at all because um, there is a – essentially ICE, if they issue a wrongful detainer and then the state and local authorities um, you know, hold them, uh, there may not be any opportunity for them to uh, sue – uh, immigration and customs enforcement for this, uh, you know, wrongful uh, detainer request because ICE says, well, we weren't even the ones who were holding you, so you can't hold us responsible uh, for this. And that's led to some lawsuits against state and local uh, authorities and the state and local police uh, or county jails or whatever uh, have been held responsible in some cases. Uh, but many uh, times there is no accountability because these state and local authorities or ICE says, well, you know, it's not clearly established law and we have qualified, you know, what's called qualified immunity um, from uh, damages if we are exercising our authority in a way that's not clearly in violation of the Constitution of the United States or uh, in violation of the law. And so, uh, you know, it, there have been many instances in which people have been detained or subjected to detainers and they have not had any recourse to prevent it from happening. And we're preventing it from happening again, as happened in, for the, the woman in Rhode Island uh, who was subject to a detainer. She got it canceled, but then she was subject again because there was no mechanism for her to clear her name. And that one of the fascinating things that came out of this research is that we actually got the physical cancellation request uh, from ICE to the local authorities for uh, the woman in Rhode Island and another man in California. In both of those cases, they were U.S. citizens, and it still said on the cancellation request that they were foreign nationals, you know, from Guatemala or, or Mexico. And so they're not correcting the record. They're not admitting their mistakes. And so it enables them to, one, get away with it and then, uh, you know, perpetuate it, uh, the mistake again in the future. Uh, in the case of uh, Texas specifically, which you uh, drill down on, uh, the the state law punishes local governments who fail to act uh, in accordance with the wishes of ICE. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, Austin, Travis County, um, specifically, their sheriff's office decided in early 2017, we're not going to uh, hold people on behalf of ICE unless. Uh, they're a violent uh, felon um, who's been, you know, convicted of a violent felony, or ICE goes and gets a warrant from a judge after presenting probable cause. And so, what 
ICE does is really distinct from every other law enforcement agency. So if the FBI wants to uh, arrest someone who's in state and local custody, they will go to a judge and get an arrest warrant. They will present probable cause to the judge that this person has committed an offense under federal law and uh, use that warrant and, and, and send that warrant to the state and local uh, police. And every jurisdiction in the United States uh, honors those uh, criminal warrants from the FBI. Um, ICE, on the other hand, uses these detainer requests. They don't require going to a judge and presenting probable cause. And that's really what's leading to these problems because they can submit these requests so routinely without doing proper investigations. And that leads to people being uh, targeted uh, who are, in fact, U.S. citizens. So for uh, people who are supportive generally of this kind of federal overseeing duty with respect to uh, detaining uh, unlawful immigrants, you know, what do you tell them about this? Well, I would say two things. So even if you support uh, the Trump administration's crackdown on uh, illegal immigrants, uh, you should absolutely support protections under our constitutional system for U.S. citizens. And really what ICE is doing is trying to do an end run around the Constitution by using these detainer requests that don't require them to seek a warrant and present probable cause to a judge. And then, you know, because of the fact that there's no requirement for these state and locals uh, under our Constitution and our federalist system to actually follow the detainer request. They're now using federal funds and federal grants in, in order to coerce cooperation from these jurisdictions. And that also is an end run around our constitutional system, which is set up in a federalist structure to prevent the federal government be, from being able to force its will on every jurisdiction in the United States. And so there's two different reasons to say we should not adopt this Trump administration approach. You should do proper investigations and make sure that U.S. citizens are not being targeted. And you also shouldn't be um, really uh, coercing these state and local uh, departments to use their resources in the way that the federal government wants. We wouldn't uh, support that um, if it was a crackdown on, you know, guns or, um, uh, you know, some other issues. You know, on, in the Obamacare case, it was coercing them into using um, funds for Medicaid in ways that the federal government wanted. So really the conservative approach, and I would argue the libertarian approach, is one that respects those state and local um, independence under our constitutional system. David Beer is an immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. The report, U.S. Citizens Targeted by ICE, is available now at Cato.org. <laughs> 